0: an uplifter is a compelling leader who tries to breathe life and hope into people around them
1: who listen and care
0: and guide and help whose way of being in the world inspires who uplifts with humor and understanding who leads by example don't
1: judge vulnerable
0: bold determination. Who are here to create a better world. Who can learn and teach. Who encourages you. Who shines their light to lead other people. Who uses their best self in order to help others. I found the life
1: that I liked and I worked toward that. We are all uplifters. Big love.
0: One of the ladies I've met out here, her name is Alexis Nelson and she is in our military, and she signs up for the craziest assignments. Just got back from Norway, where she plunged into freezing water and slept in tents out in the snow. And we had a conversation one time, and she said, yes, I'm totally afraid when I do these things, but we do them anyway. So Alexis, she's my shout out. She's my hero. Anybody who does something
1: even though they're f- afraid is my inspiration. Welcome to the Uplifters podcast. I'm your host, Aranza Savas, and you just heard Beth Rayner webb who you met and probably fell madly in love with in episode five, introducing Alexis Nelson. So Today, we're going to meet Alexis to learn more about her, her journey, and where she finds her inspiration. Alexis, welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. I love that Beth highlighted your courage and your curiosity in her introduction of you. What three words do you think best describe who you really are?
0: Oh man, I would say for sure creative, adventurous. I'm gonna go with bubbly. <laughs> I love having just fun, exciting moments and I don't know, we all like being happy and feeling happy. So I think it's contagious and it's definitely important to kind of carry through.
1: That's such a nice combo too. Creative, adventurous, bubbly. How does creative show up in your life?
0: I definitely have always been super drawn to arts um, in all forms. I went to fashion design school and I was very young in college, learned how to sew when I was young, paint every once in a while, do photography. So I kind of dabble in a little bit of everything, just making fun, beautiful, whatever, I guess, emotional you're, you're feeling. But it's definitely a huge part of my life and definitely an outlet for me.
1: An adventurous. What does that look like?
0: Yeah, so I've been all 50 states, which is one of my accomplishments wow. I wanted to do before I was 30 and knocked that one out. And then my life in the military has brought me tons of different places. It's so fun to, once I get there, not only bloom implanted, but kind of explore those areas too. So if I never go back to an area, I want to accomplish everything that I want to see, eat, do, that kind of stuff. Just making
1: sure I'm living life to the fullest in those places where I'm at. And tell me a little bit more about you and the military. What do you do? What is your function?
0: Yeah. So I've been a part of the Minnesota Air National Guard for 14 years. And it's been a lot of growth, a lot of exciting adventures. There's been some hard things that I've had to grow through as well. But I've gotten to go to so many cool places, meet so many cool people. And the experiences and, that I've pulled from that, it's not something that everybody gets to do and see. Yeah. What drew you to that? I would say, honestly, I'm third generation, something to do with airplanes. So I was naturally drawn to like the Air Force side of things and then trying to figure out what I wanted to do for college. It was just a, well, you know, they'll they'll pay for my tuition. And that was pretty attractive, you know, to a 17, 18 year old. (laughs) So that was my main motivator. And then I just, I really grew to love it. Love the people I work with. And yeah, they bring me on
1: adventures. So I'm pretty
0: happy about that as well.
1: And what are your, your goals in that arena?
0: Sure. So I started in aircraft maintenance working on F-16s and kind of moved my way through the administrative world. Right now, I'm going to school for meteorology, so I want to take that and try to go from the enlisted to the commission side and commission as a meteorologist
1: with the Air Force. Wow. wow. Yeah. And you describe yourself as bubbly, which is maybe not a word I would associate with the military. How does that fit?
0: I would definitely say, I mean, that the attitude is huge because if you're having a bad day, everybody else is going to pick up on a bad day. So it's definitely contagious. And definitely being more in, I would say customer service side of my position. It's if I'm crabby, I'm going to be spreading that real quick. So being able to be fun and bright and bubbly, I think makes me more approachable too with my job. And especially as somebody who needs to be helping and encouraging, especially our younger rank airmen kind of grow through their careers.
1: Yeah. It sounds like you use a very authentic way of being to create connection and to sort of raise the energy of everyone around you.
0: I try. I try. I do have my days (laughs) too, but I definitely try.
1: Yeah, of course. And I think it's important to acknowledge that. So, I am fascinated by how people become who they are. What are some of the experiences that have had the most influence or impact on who you are today?
0: I think just growing up, my mom worked for the airlines, so we were able to travel. And, you know, so that definitely sparked that travel interest and the airplane interest. My dad's in airport management, so that, you know, we're always at air shows and that kind of a thing. But also, I was. I grew up in the 90s, so definitely I didn't have technology, so I was a nature kid. I was outside all the time, and I think that sparks a lot of those adventures. As far as personality goes, I definitely gravitate more towards my grandma. She, My grandma got me through a lot. She's my go-to person for advice, and I think the world of her, and she was a very positive person, so she definitely taught that, and that was definitely a huge part of, of me and where I pulled that from.
1: And how does that translate into who you are now?
0: I think just kind of merging it all together. I've done a lot of growth in my life. And I don't really look at anything that's happened to me as like, oh, that was really rough or bad or anything. It might have just needed that growth in certain areas. So I try to make those hardships more of a positive outlook and look back and really reflect on how I've grown, how I've changed, what I've learned, what I could do better next time even. But I think that's such a huge, important way to kind of keep that boost and that positivity as well when you're kind of going through something rough.
1: What does it look like for you to take something that is hard, is challenging, and translate your mindset to, okay, what do I need to learn here?
0: I think I just need a time out. I just need (laughs) time to sit and process it. Maybe time to reflect on it. So maybe going through it just to get through it and then take that time to like really reflect, journal, chat about it, talk about it with people who've gone through similar experiences, you know, especially in the military. It's great to have our family because we go through it together and we've had some awesome experiences and we've had some rough ones. And to be able to look back, some of those trips are, are pretty rough and they're pretty uh, remote. And... I think everything positive in those kind of situations are
1: gonna help you get through it for sure. hmm mm-hmm. I think that's hard for a lot of people to do though. Yes. Right, so our natural tendency, right, is things are not going as hoped for. It's called our negativity bias. We look for what's wrong, but it sounds like you. And I think a lot of uplifters have this tendency to have a positivity bias that is unique. And so when you are in a situation that's not what you hoped for or expected. I heard you say I journal about it. I give myself a time out. I talk to other people. What gets you out of the swirl or the spiral of ick when it happens?
0: Taking that moment to pause and just kind of really think like, what is making me feel so gross, you know? hmm And honestly, I just, I need those timeouts. I need a nap. I need a snack, (laughs) a drink of water, something to kind of take my mind off of like feeling zoned into just that rough, yucky feeling. And even pulling people out of those ruts too, where it's like, all right, you're you're bringing me down a little bit. You know, you need a timeout too, and that's okay. And I think a lot of people don't give themselves enough timeouts.
1: What does that script sound like for you when you need a timeout? How do you let other people know?
0: I usually am just like, just... Say it how it is. Like, I'm not doing okay. I'm stressed. I'm overloaded. I'm, you know, sometimes there's times where like you just have to get through it and you have to stick it out and like take a couple deep breaths. You know, find something good in it. Find something a goal or and little hurdles even to get to that bigger goal in the meantime. But I'm I'm pretty good about vocalizing that I need a timeout now, especially when it's it's to that point where I'm like I'm I really need this. And that's very important to learn. And that was a very hard thing for me to learn for a long time. But now that I have that tool in my back pocket, that is, that's what gets me through most of my days.
1: Yeah. And I love that you acknowledge how hard it is to ask for that. And that's why I wanted to hear about your script for it. Because I think a lot of us don't have, I think of everything as like a muscle, right? If we don't use them, they atrophy. If we use them, they get stronger and we are better able to turn to them in the moment of tension or challenge. And it becomes an automatic response as opposed to one that has to take a lot of thought and a lot of consideration to get to. What changed for you that you were able to go from somebody who found it hard to ask for what you need and kind of consciously and directly state how you are? to somebody who does this regularly?
0: Yeah, I mean, I definitely, I went through some hardships in my 20s. I definitely grew a lot. And that was one of the big goals was, I was tired of feeling run over all the time. I was tired of feeling down and mopey about things. And I'm like, I just, I can't, I don't know how to turn them around. And I think I was taking on too much for me. And I was trying to carry too much. And I was trying to fix things. And I had a couple people in my life that were just like, please let me do something, you know, like, I'm here for you. And I've always just taken that as a friend, you know, friends say that. But I, I had some great people in my life throughout my 20s and helped me grow through those areas and say, okay, I really can't ask for help. These people I can rely on. And that was huge.
1: So it started with having a couple of people who felt like safe spaces. Absolutely. hmm. And then what did the work look like for you to, to start to take, you talk about carrying everything, right? So used to, when I was working with clients for the longest time, I imagined us as uplifters carrying everything on our backs and on our shoulders, right? And it would just like pile on and on, and we would carry more and more and more. And many of us have what we believe to be infinite capacity. And so like Luisa and Encanto, we would just, people would say, I need something covered. And we'd be like, I got you. And we would just keep piling and piling and piling and carrying more and more and more and more. And then things would start to slip and we would blame ourselves and not the fact that we were carrying 5 billion things. Yes. Recently, I have revised my image of that in my mind. I think many of the women I'm talking to aren't actually carrying it on our shoulders and in our hands. We're carrying it like kangaroo pouches. It's like sticking out in front of us and we just keep shoving more in the kangaroo pouch until it starts overflowing. And then we're just like, tuck it back in there. And I think so many of us find ourselves resistant and we create distance in our relationships and we feel a sense of betrayal from those we love. Because we have said yes so much to so many things that really either weren't ours to carry or just were putting us over capacity. Yeah. Yeah. So you're 33. Yes. Pretty young, you know, in a lifetime. What are you learning now that you've started to say, this is how I am. I need a break. Let me advocate for what I need. I can't take on everything for everyone. What's shifted for you?
0: I think boundaries. I did have a friend who pushed boundaries and that was definitely a breaking point for like, no, like you are somebody I adore. And I really think we're very close in in life, but I just got tired. Like you said, I was carrying a lot of, you know, their emotional capacity limits as well. And And that, that weighs on you a lot on top of working full time and trying to take care of myself and do my life, setting those boundaries of like, now you know what? I can't hang out today. I'm actually exhausted and I need to take a nap. I need to just relax. I need to do fills up my cup because I, you can't pour from an empty cup. And that Mm -hmm. is a huge thing that I live by. Even a half full cup most days, is not going to get you through doing things that find you joy and help you relax and That was super important to learn and understand about myself as well. What brings me joy? and What resets me? And that was a huge life lesson for me too. And being able to say no and being able to take care of me first. Actually, I had a tattoo done of an airplane, not because of travel or the Air Force, but in psychology, there's a whole concept called airplane theory. And the part that really resonated for me was when they make the announcement of, put your gas mask on before helping others. It's a reminder to take care of myself first because I, I wasn't doing that on top of caring too much. And I've learned it's so important just to reset and take care of you and set healthy boundaries. And it's okay.
1: Yeah, it's more than okay. It's In fact, essential. Yes. So many of us fall into that category of people who find it difficult to say no, to set boundaries and to put ourselves first
0: because Mm -hmm. we
1: like helping other people. It (laughs) feels really good. It gives us purpose and it gives us a reason to keep going and keep growing. And yet we can feel so depleted that it gets in the way. So what was the cost to you of not putting up boundaries?
0: Oh man, my mental health (laughs) and my physical health. I had mimickers that we were looking for things like MS and for years, like six, seven years or waiting for that. And the stress of that I was putting onto myself actually had I didn't realize there was a blood test you could do for the chronic stress that you're putting on yourself, but I had high numbers and it was actually doing damage to my physical health. And I had to start doing those things for me because nobody else was gonna do those things for me. So I needed to take care of myself. So then I could help others, not the other way around.
1: (laughs) Mm, That's a big distinction there. Yes. And what did that take saying to yourself to believe that? If I
0: wanted to get better and I wanted to heal and not just my body was so achy and tired and I was losing motivation and I was getting burnt out at work much faster than I normally would have. I was getting short with like relationships. And it just it really took a toll on me. And it really took until I hit a wall one day of like, I don't like where I'm at. (laughs) And kind of reflecting and saying, okay, what do we need to change? What do we need to look at? Why? We can fix this. It took a long time to learn those things and reset my mind and the way I thought of how I went about thinking and doing some things. But once I was able to kind of overcome and remind myself like, nope, We're going to do it this way this time. It was, now it's, I don't think about it anymore. It's just kind of like, nope, this is what I do now. (laughs)
1: Yeah. What a beautiful way to describe that. Again, this idea of a muscle building. So in the beginning, like if I've never flexed my bicep, Mm -hmm. it's going to be, I'm going to have to start with really light weights or no weight and make it really easy and then do that for a while and then build up and I get more and more practiced until I get stronger and stronger. So what were those first steps for you? I
0: think just taking it slow, you know, saying no to everything until I could be in a place where I could like go out to the coffee or do something small. I was told if you ask yourself why three times, you're going to get the answer. Because the first one you're going to be like, Oh, this is pretty general. Second one, maybe you're getting a little closer to it. But by the time you ask yourself that third why, like you're getting somewhere with with how you need to reflect. And that was a good small step as to why am I feeling so grumpy (laughs) all the time?
1: The three whys are powerful. And these habits that we have, right, the habit of accepting everything for not having boundaries, those are pretty well honed for most of us by the time we realize that that's the habit that's getting in our way. And so no matter how much we really focus our energy and attention on building that new response, it's pretty easy to slip backwards. What helps you stay focused forward on boundaries and self-care? I think also reflecting.
0: I don't want to go back. (laughs) I don't want to do that
1: again. Yeah. I think, one of the things that I find most powerful about having a reflection practice, whether it's journaling or meditating or even communication with other people, is it helps us challenge some of our old beliefs and see what's true for now. How have your beliefs shifted over these last few years?
0: I think I'm gaining more confidence in myself, and that's a beautiful thing, honestly. and. I think where my mindset is and where I'm working towards is a little bit stronger minded as well, where I'm feeling more confident into where I want to go and where I want to be as a person. And having those goals to work towards daily is, is very helpful. So what are your goals? I try to be a better human and I'm such an empath towards people and i just i carry so much about other people and i really feel for people and so trying to grow in a healthy way where i'm not taking that on but i am understanding better their why and their need i think is is very helpful um kind of gives me a better story too instead of like i really feel for you and getting super sucked in right away when i was in germany I was there when the Afghan refugees were there and we were taking on, I was working in children's tents and it was the most emotional roller coaster of my life because I felt for those women. I felt for those children and they've been removed from their homes. There was a man who came up to me with a baby, had no diaper, no blanket. And it was like, this isn't my baby. Someone gave me this baby to get out of that situation all day. I was just emotionally drained, but I was also, I felt so good because it was so fun to play with the kids and see the kids run around with a soccer ball it was just highs and lows and understanding why they were there trying to meet their needs and get them what they need until they could get back to the states or where they're, wherever they were headed towards. I think that's super important just to have a better understanding so you can put that energy to the right use too.
1: So am I hearing you correctly that there is a, as an empath, there's a tendency to get emotionally involved and you have shifted your perspective from sort of feeling other people's pain to understanding the needs that they have in the moment, because we can make up stories about people and we can assume we know what they need. But it sounds like what you were doing is you were engaging in conversation to understand what they really needed.
0: I wanted to help people and give people what they needed. But unless they also want that change or they also want that help, you know, it, that's not good use of me and <laughs> my resources.
1: Yeah. There is an urge in so many of us, especially again, uplifters, to want to help. And to think that we know the help that's needed. The urge is often referred to as the writing reflex. And so we see something askew or off, and we know we're smart and capable and helpful and care. And so we're like, let me straighten this up. I always think about this. I was a little girl, and more than anything, I had wanted this floppy baby doll And the first day I got it, it just like draped over my shoulder and it felt like a newborn. And my great-grandmother, who was a doll repair person and a maker of dolls and doll clothes, saw this doll by my bed, picked it up, and stuffed it in the middle of the night so that it stood rigid, which was her idea of fixing it. And I was so disappointed because what I wanted was a floppy doll. And I see this all the time in relationships with adults, with children. We think we know. It's so clear to us. And yet we don't know until we ask.
0: I mean, if you can tell somebody exactly what you need, that is so helpful on its own.
1: (laughs) Yeah. What would be different in the world if we all knew what we wanted and needed and we knew how to ask for our own needs to be met while also asking others what their needs are so that we can meet each other. I always talk about it, meeting expert to expert. I am the expert in me. You are the expert in you. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you hope people will learn from your story, Alexis?
0: I just hope people are encouraged to just take small steps and make small goals. And I get overwhelmed very easily. And I don't know, maybe take time, a little bit time for themselves to reflect and take some deep breaths or have a glass of water or find what makes you happy and find what makes you reset and brings you joy because you got to keep that cup full. (laughs) You can't pour from an empty
1: cup. So when you reflect, what kind of questions do you ask yourself?
0: I just kind of try to take time and figure out where I am emotionally and where I feel full or tapped out on and kind of go from there. Like, What was it that wore me out? You know, could I have said no a few more times? Could I have done something better just to bring me a little more joy today? Or did I actually had a really good day? And these were the really good highlights that, you know, I can share with somebody about my day and, yeah, It's
1: that self-awareness. And I do that a lot in my work. And one of the things we just started doing on the last episode of the Uplifters podcast that we're playing with for a little while is taking a moment together to reflect. So, in each episode, what I'm doing is inviting our whole audience to breathe along with us for a few moments. And so, if you're down for that, maybe we take just a moment to translate some of these ideas into action because I think we get so surrounded by inspirational ideas and content and yet it can be really hard to find time to internalize it and to practice it. So, if you want to begin by just closing your eyes if you're comfortable – Not if you're driving. (laughs) Place one hand on your heart, one on your gut. (sighs) Root your feet to the earth. Maybe allow your spine to elongate and your shoulders to soften. And as you begin to breathe in and out, simply bring your attention and your curiosity into checking in with you. How are you in this moment? How are you emotionally? How are you physically? How's your energy right now? If you need a few more moments with these questions, take them. (laughs) We uplifters, we carry so much for so many. We can lighten the load by caring for ourselves regularly. And this little moment, this is just a gentle, loving reminder to tune in, to listen, to see what your body. Your emotions, your energy have to teach you about what it is you really need so that, like Alexis, you can practice asking for it. And if you feel like uh, you want to hit pause, go ahead, go hang out with you for a few minutes, write about it, explore it further, and then let us know what you're finding. Maybe, like Alexis, this can translate into A regular practice of better understanding, building the muscle of asking for your needs to be met and creating even more space to better understand more completely, not just yourself, but the others that you care for. Thank you, Alexis, for sharing what works for you and what hasn't and for all that you do for our country and for your community. Uplifters, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the Uplifters podcast. If you're getting a boost from these episodes, please share them with the Uplifters in your life and then join us in conversation over at the Uplifterspodcast.com. Head over to Spotify Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast and like, follow and rate our show. It'll really help us connect with more uplifters and it'll ensure you never miss one of these beautiful stories. Mwah! Big love. Painted water sunshine with rosemary anton Dwell not perplexing though you find it vexing. Cross the star and hover, be your own best lover, relish in a new prime, plant a tree in springtime, dance with idle hindsight, bring the sun to twilight. Lift you up, whoa!
0: Lift you up, whoa!
1: Lift you up. Lift you up. Right, in the pre-chorus, uh, right? I uh-huh. was like, <laughs> <laughs> "Mommy, That's stop right crying! Mommy, stop crying! <laughs> You're disturbing the peace."